and a mouse keep running, running, and 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 running, running, Everybody and welcome to episode 206 of the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast, where I will be joined by Brandon later in the show, kind of ending up the caboose side of things at the end, where me and him will talk about Guardians of the Galaxy. Before we get to him, I'm going to have a bunch of books and some mail, but before we get into that... All right. Thanks, Cardi B. Before we get into that, we're going to talk about where you can find us all over the internets. We're on Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. Follow us. We will follow you back. Okay. We are also on a website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com, where we review most of the books each week. There's already, as I speak, early access reviews to both Empire Number no. 5, which I did, and Marauders Number no. 11, which Brett did so you can go over the site and read those right now we also have a youtube channel weird science comics where we do video reviews of both dc and marvel books thanks cardi b you didn't know cardi b was going to be on the episode today right you you didn't know that And we also have a Patreon account, patreon.com slash weird science, where you can go and support us for all of these podcasts on this feed, the YouTube videos, the websites, the DC stuff, all of that. But also, if you do sign up, each and every level gets you more and more shows that you can listen to whenever you're doing during the day, mowing the lawn, working, swimming. I don't know. I don't know what people do during the day. I know what I do. I I end up recording these podcasts, right? That's what I do now. I'll also tell everybody that I kind of got over the fact that they were throwing shade at me over at the YouTube about the sound effects. I'm coming in full force. I am going to be what I learned back in the day from my love of Big Daddy Kane. I ain't no half-stepping here. I'm not. So I'm going to go fully out with it. And I do want to warn you, I don't have that many on the board right now. So you're going to hear a lot of Cardi B, actually. We'll just get on with this. Thanks, for everybody, for listening. And I'm going to get on with a book that seemed to be canceled this week. But maybe not, because it might be coming back. It might be on hiatus, but... I have some theories that it, it, we're not going to see the end, unfortunately, of a story that I've been enjoying. That book is Black Cat, and it's Black Cat number 12 that came out. It is written by Jed McKay, art by C.F. Avilia, colors by Brian Reber, letters by Ferran Delgado. And it is Full Metal Jacket, or Full Metal Black Cat. I'm sorry. I am sorry, but also it's part two. A part two that that we're not going to get a part three at least for a very long time. So why why would they? Th- that's my whole opinion of this. You had Jed McKay come out and say, "Listen," and and really stressed a long hiatus. So basically, we get a run of Black Cat, and he said he's very proud that he got twelve issues out of Black Cat. That's something that he didn't think would happen. Maybe Marvel didn't think would happen either, but something that you know, is a good accomplishment for a Black Cat book. But 
Are you going to wait? Like, say the long hiatus is eight months. Uh, are you going to come back to the story? Or are you just going to start at a number one? I mean, really? And the idea then that these 12 issues that were such a big thing and very proud of are just a setup to a story that we're not going to finish is kind of infuriating. I've enjoyed this book. I think it's a fun book. I think Jed McKay has done a really good job with it, though it seems to, in my mind, has gotten a little long in the tooth with this whole story about Odessa and the whole Thieves Guild, things like that. I just wanted to get to it. So then when we end this issue, and we still haven't, but yet we're going to have a a hiatus? It is infuriating, but I'm not going to use that to skew anything with this issue or my score. It's just overall, you know, kind of gets me angry. Here is the recap. Felicia Hardy is world-renowned jewel thief, but lately she's been stealing more than just diamonds. She's been stealing my heart, people. I just want you to know that. At the behest of her former mentor and current patron, the Black Fox, Felicia and her crew hit Rand Tower, home of the Iron Fist, and stole the designs to a device called the Randall Gate, which they need to pull out the ultimate heist. I, I would love if it's the Tony Randall Gate, and you go through it, and Walter Matthau has messed up your whole apartment, and then you get angry, and then you go back out through the Tony Randall Gate. Also, if you go through the Tony Randall Gate, you might end up being like 92 and having a kid. It, anybody? Is, is anybody? Is this on? <laughs> Tony Randall, people. Tony Randall. I know that Cardi B likes okay. Tony Randall. Yes, she does. Uh, you need the ultimate heist breaking in the extra dimensional vault of the New York Thieves Guild, currently run by the deadly Odessa Drake. Drake, I say. But their replica. Randall Gate requires a key, a dimensional resonator, and the only person in town with that kind of tech is Tony Stark. So Felicia's crew tricked Jack Taggart, a.k.a. Firepower, into attacking Stark Unlimited. While Iron Man was distracted, Felicia infiltrated his lab, where she fabricated the key and her own iron soup. This is the Iron Cat. Uh, The idea of this issue in my mind is, hey, uh, Jed, Mr. McKay. Uh, yeah, this is going to be the last issue you're going to be doing for a while. Uh, so y- you could either try to tie things up, which would be complete other nonsense, or eh, just kind of have a fight between Felicia and Tony throughout this whole deal and then end with a meeting and say, well, eventually we'll, we'll get to Odessa. Also in that she does go face to face with Odessa, kind of. Kind of face to AI robot controlled face if that makes sense but you do end up having a pretty cool fight i i like the back and forth between tony and felicia felicia ends up having this iron cat suit she's flying around she's doing things with it that tony does not he's never seen before this is crazy stuff she's you know turning corners she's drifting it's like tokyo drip going on here all the stuff going on and he's like man how can you survive the, the G's here, not the OG's, just the G's. And the only thing that gets me is you end up with Jeb McKay. He doesn't want to reveal the twist here. The twist is, is that Felicia isn't in the suit, so nothing can really harm her. She's still back at Stark Industries doing this through, you know, an AI VR type control system. And to, But so when you end up having Felicia explain, well, you know, I'm pretty agile and that. No, no, no. 
you're not in there. So you kind of end up almost lying to not reveal the twist, as I said. But again, I, I don't mind the whole deal going on. It just doesn't amount to anything, especially when we end with this book on hiatus for a, quote, long time. But you do have then... Felicia being chased by Iron Man. She gets away from him and she goes right for Odessa. She ends up smashing into her apartment, ends up, you know, going right to her and saying, you better stop your nonsense and and all this. You burnt down my hideout. You threatened my people. This has got to stop. And this actually does impress Odessa. And it's almost like one of those, like almost like a Kung Fu type deal of, Good, now you've learned your lesson. Like um, Almost like this was set up all along for Felicia to get so mad at Odessa to end up proving to Odessa that she has what it takes to now be in the New York Thieves Guild. But that's not really what's going on in Felicia's mind. And like I said, Tony shows up then and pretty much tries to stop Felicia, the armor suit falls apart and nobody's in it to reveal again that you end up having felicia back at stark labs and she ends up saying all right i gotta skedaddle out of here tony will be back very soon i'm not gonna sit around she still has bethany's you know pass deal swipe card so she dresses up and ends up leaving with that and heads back uh, to her hideout but before She does that. She has to make things right. They did kind of set up firepower to cause a distraction. And now he is in the Stark Unlimited holding cell. So she goes over there and ends up freeing him before leaving. So kind of resets everything. Nobody has been duped. Nobody's having a problem here. But then when she goes back to the hideout, pretty much it's just, yeah, you know, let's toast our deal. Yeah, we we did it, but you didn't really do anything. You just set up what you were going to do. And again, this is where when you had Felicia fighting Odessa, I thought, okay, well, maybe that's how it's just going to end. Maybe they're just going to end it with a, well, okay, well, I I got your attention. Yep, I want to join. All right, shake on it, pal. We're going to go. What? But Felicia doesn't. And she goes back to the hideout. And then basically is like, all right, well, we're still going to rob. We're still going to get into that interdimensional vault. We have everything we need now. We're going to do it. But in the meantime, she even goes up and on the rooftop sees a Daily Bugle news report. And it sets up. It's a cliffhanger that sets up the idea, uh uh-oh, black cat threat and menace. And she's like, oh, no, that's not going to do it all. And then it says to be continued. This is just part two. Like, all right, you know, I like the art. If this was an issue that in four weeks we'd get another one, all right, I'd be okay. And so, and I did say I would review it with that in mind. So with that in mind, it's still filler a lot of it. You end up getting... What you need to do, you end up having an, a, you know, a fight with Tony that did last a little too long. But I did like the art, and I'd give it a 7, a 7.5 if I was in a good mood, which I'm not right now, so 7. And though with this being the final issue for a long, I, I still think it's just the final issue, it just isn't complete. 
And it ends up really putting a sour taste with this whole entire run. Now, I know that some people flip the lid. And I mean, the lid flipped so much, it flipped like 17 million times when you had books like Hawkeye Freefall and the Ant-Man book and digitally. But you know what you got there? You got an ending. That's really when it all comes down to it. I think that this black cat here is showing you what you get in the alternative. Nothing. Or we have to wait a year, six months. What is a long wait? And Felicia will be in King in Black. It seems like Jeb McKay is going to be involved with that. And maybe, maybe she'll rob the interdimensional vault to get something, uh, you know, to go against Nola. I, I don't know. But still, you're still ending up, you know, going a series into something else then that's not the series. And Like I said, I know that people really didn't like the idea of some of the books ending digitally. But boy, if they came to me right now and said, hey, Jim, uh, would you rather us, you know, tie this whole story up and maybe three more digital issues that will come out in the next couple months and you'll be done? I'd say yes, that's what I would want. And I, I know it stinks and then have because. What that also does, though, does allow you then to print a trade that's a complete deal. And I I don't know. I really just think that this is a book that now has ended. It's just going to kind of fade away and nobody will think about it. And then Marvel will just say, yeah, we'll move on from that. We don't really need to continue that. Maybe the the best thing will be is if it gets real popular on the Marvel Unlimited app. But I, I really don't see it. But I have been enjoying it i thought that the whole deal i thought jeb mckay really had a fun book it gave felicia something to do she had her own squad here and i i like the characters and and in this issue i did like the art so seven out of ten i'll start uh, you know stop my bitching and complaining to move on to the next book which is a book that i've had problems with but not in this issue this issue actually kind of gets the vibe of what i've wanted in a book like this it's deadpool i I, i'm like burying the lead here it is deadpool number six written by kelly thompson art by kevin labranda colors by chris sotomeyer and letters by vcs joe sabino uh and i haven't really liked this run a lot of people have and i i understand that some people okay they want to get into deadpool kelly thompson goes on and Oh, I heard Deadpool was, you know, rough around the edges. And he's up. Most people know Deadpool from the movies anyway. So the whole idea of Kelly Thompson jumping on, to me, it seemed almost like she was a little embarrassed to just go full out Deadpool. So she had to kind of get the story going in with Elsa Bloodstone. And you end up having, you know, Deadpool worried about the monsters on the island. And instead of very quick, quippy, fun issues, you end up having a overall narrative. You end up having a longer story than than usual, or at least lately. And it just hasn't hit with me. I, I need to chuckle a couple of times when I'm reading the Deadpool. And I am a guy with Deadpool that I really, really love more than the, the butt jokes or the, the fart stuff. I mean, I, I'm always in line for that. <laughs> you know, I, I can always go for okay. that. But... I actually love the very obscure pop culture references that Deadpool ends up coming up with, the things that he ends up liking. 
uh, are hilarious to me, and we haven't really gotten much of that with Kelly Thompson. Uh, one of the things that she likes to center on for the fun is Jeffrey the Land Shark, who I love, but it's just too much. Now, this issue, I actually get back to loving him, but if you are a DC fan, and you may be a different fan than me, but I ended up not being that hip with the whole Kite Man, hell yeah stuff going with Tom King and his Batman. Some people loved it. That's what this reminds me of. That's what Jeffrey the Landshark has become. He, he's the, you know, rim shot of every punchline going on, right? There he is. <laughs> he, he ends up being that in this as well. But for some reason, I didn't mind it as much because you end up kind of having these, you know, this is a one shot book and it's fun. And that's what I think I needed a little of. And maybe this shows me, hey, Kelly Thompson can do some things. When monsters took over Staten Island, thanks to a centuries-old legal claim, Deadpool was hired to slay the monster king. Wade killed the king, which, according to monster law, made him the new king of the monsters. Being king turned out to be a lot less fun than it seemed. Deadpool's reign began with numerous bureaucratic complaints, a hostile royal guard corps, and the appearance of a monster hunter, Elza Bloodstone. Intense relations with the neighbors, but after saving his monster citizens from a killing spree by Craven the Hunter, Deadpool gained the trust of his royal subjects and finally seems to be getting the hang of this king thing. Meanwhile, the X-Men have been sitting pretty on the mutants-only island nation of Krakoa. Portals to the island have been set up all over the world, with two in Manhattan, but one former bureau remains noticeably unportaled, and this is Staten Island, obviously. Now, the thing that gets me in this is I'm not so sure Kelly Thompson really understands a lot of the stuff going in the X-Men books. I'm not saying that I'm the be-all, end-all, because I'm not. I'm a dummy. But there's one phrase that she uses, but also the idea that really, because Staten Island has become a sovereign nation of the monsters, legitimately all Deadpool needs to do is call and they're not answering his call but that's kind of force he should be able to just go and say okay we recognize krakow as a nation he could pretty much get whatever he wants but to push the whole deal to push the humor of this of course deadpool does not go through regular channels anyway he ends up saying that they're not returning his calls either and i like the beginning you have a Monster Island type game of Pokemon going on. It's the collectible card game with all the monsters on the island. And it is a way that you see Deadpool trying to learn about the monsters. He's king. He wants to know his subjects, but also their power sets and things like that as he plays Jeff in this game. And it reminds me of when I was a younger fella, and my oldest son, Alex, was really into Pokemon. I didn't know too much about the Pokemans, so we would play Pokemon just like this. He he didn't really play by any rules or anything of the card game. What we would do is just play war, and every time it would go, like I put down a Bulbasaur, he puts down a Goldeen, and I'd say, well, Bulbasaur has to you know, beat Goldeen, right? No, Goldeen. And he'd take it. And I had no way to fight this because I didn't understand it. Or he would just come randomly up to me and say, who would win, Charizard or Jigglypuff? And I'd say, Charizard? Nope. I'd never be right. He he skewed it. Well, this seems to be kind of what Deadpool's doing as well. As he's learning about this, you end up having a funny thing with Nightwolf watching 
and you have Deadpool play the Nightwolf card and saying, you know, it was going against Hurl. Nightwolf says, well, how are you playing? Well, there's no rules here. You're cheating. He's like, listen, would you beat Hurl? Well, yeah. Well, there you go. I win. But that's where he ends up where Jeff ends up getting pissed and pulls out the Jelby card. Now, none of us would have known Jelby, including Deadpool, who picks it up and looking like, oh, my God, that's his powers. And off he goes. This is Jelby is a mutant. He is a monster mutant. This is pretty much the golden ticket into the chocolate factory for Deadpool which I think he should have played up there. There's a pop culture reference like I was talking about, right? And he's just going to get inside Jelby, go through the portal, and that's his ticket to Krakoa, which he says all those X-Men mutants, they're all fascist, fascist, fascist. He repeats that too much in this. It actually, that got bothersome. But the idea of him going to get the medicine to cure his cancer actually intrigued me and i thought wait a second are we gonna get like a shrek where shrek isn't the ogre there and as a now we we don't but i thought that that would have been cool another pop culture reference we could have but you end up having deadpool in jelby also jeffrey jeff the lanchard biting deadpool in the butt they go through the portal they get to krakoa he goes out of jelby's body And all of a sudden, there is Sage having a full-out attack. Oh, my God, we're being attacked now again. Black Tom should have been involved, possibly, you know. But still, you end up with this. All of it with this and everything going on on the X-Men side of things is very surface level. It really is. But I, I just have to keep reminding myself we're in a Deadpool book, so it might be better served to be that way. It just as points I did the research to get caught up, right? You know, so, but you end up having the, you know, some classic X-Men attack go after Deadpool, Storm, Polaris, Wolverine, Magic, Armor, Beast. They go to attack Deadpool. Like, what are you doing here, Wade? It's like, well, you know, you guys are fascists. It's, again, a lot of that. And it just, I don't know, it it just rubbed me the wrong way. But also, you know, you're giving out, oh, this medicine, I got cancer. I don't know if you've heard this. And I I really want to be cured. And I want to be here. I have my own nation. I think we should have a portal. And it's just fighting time. And you end up with pretty cool fight going on in this. At this point, magic ends up just elbowing Deadpool in the face. Jeffrey doesn't like it. Everybody thinks Jeffrey's so cute. They want to get a piece of Jeffrey. Well, you end up having Deadpool. He goes off to talk to Emma. Emma actually sees his side of things and actually wants to help him. She can't maybe, but she wants to. But then you even go like, oh, I'm going to go talk to the council. Well, that would be the quiet council. This just ends up being the X-Men council, a very fancy council of deciders. And fascists. I wish I had the the, the sound effect of the you know the loser horn because it just it's too much. But he ends up, hey Emma, what's up? You know, hey darling. She's like, oh my, well, what's that walking you know handbag you have there? What? That's Jeffrey. That's a land shark. You leave him go. He ends up at one point. One of the funniest points in this. He just ends up jumping in Emma's lap and she's petting him and he's loving every parts of it. But she does agree 
with all the stuff going on that he should be, uh, you know, allowed, but he really can't. There's X factor pun thrown in all that stuff. And then they're just, you know, there's Wade. Ah, well, that didn't work. I'm going to leave. But the best part is, is that then he throws shade at Jeffrey. Poor Jeffrey. It's like, you are a traitor. You were sitting there purring. I heard you. And they go out then. And this is where eh, Deadpool's just going to grab a flower. He's just going to make his own portal. He's going to grab it. Well, when that ends up happening, the attack again is on then. Then you have all of the X-Men. They are going to attack. You can't steal a flower. One of the things that I love here, Jelby, who is like a big gelatinous deal, shaking hands with Gob in the back. You know, they can get together. Uh, but yeah, you end up with full out attack, Deadpool fighting uh, the X Men. It just it kind of just kind of goes on. There's some nice little dialogue. The best is Jeffrey ends up grabbing and fighting Storm at one point. That's pretty funny. But it all kind of stops when you have Rogue come out and say, "Listen, you're right. You know, we, we don't have a cure for cancer, but you should have a portal here. Here's a flower. Now, again, this is." Pretty good Kelly Thompson doing This seems to to me to be classic Deadpool When he is told He can do it When he is told that now you will have He doesn't want it It's like yeah I don't want it now I I just kind of you know I want it on my own terms You should have just let me steal it Like That's not good because he says that It's out of pity and you end up Having Rogue no that's not pity You end up having Wolverine just looking Sour as heck it's just Friendship I, I don't believe him but you end up where Deadpool's like, no, screw you guys. I'm just leaving. He has to yell your fascist a couple more times. Uh, Jelby wants to stay. Jelby is a turncoat. Now, the best thing about this is Deadpool did not know Jelby existed until probably three hours before that. But he gets upset. Oh, my God. Y- you're you're turning on me now, Jelby. I mean, really? And he's like, I'm sorry. And like, yeah, But they are going to leave jeffrey and deadpool they do go back and they get to the island they are on the dock on the bay sitting there and you end up having deadpool pretty much make the he-man women haters club sign from the little rascals except it's just no more mutants allowed and it looks classic and that's where elza shows up and says you know do you hire a Grade school kid to make that sign It's nonsense And he's like no no just stop it I'm not in the mood for the usual sexual tension That we have going on here And she's like no well I don't want to make any jokes And I don't want that I have a problem I am dying And takes off her glove And she has some sort of What looks like a black eyeball In the middle of her hand With really bad looking purple scarring and veins going from it so she says i'm effing dying and yeah that's gonna get back then to the elsa bloodstone stuff because she has you know she treats wade good better than a lot of people she treats him as somebody that's you know just a standard guy and he likes her as well so you're gonna continue with that i i did like this though and i think that having the one shot Letting, you know, herself, Kelly Thompson, I mean, kind of, you know, loose a little. Let's play it. Let's have some fun. I think it did a lot better in my mind than the overall running narration with Elsa and Deadpool and the Staten Island monster. That whole thing. It just seems like, 
Yeah, you're sticking too long with that story. This one shot was fun. I gave it a 8.3 out of 10. I do love the art, too. The art is great. So, yeah, I think that if you haven't enjoyed the Deadpool book so far or you're like, hey, I'd like to check something out and you're an X-Men fan, it's, you know, it's cool enough. You can go and check it out. It's cool, right? The the kids down at the malt shop might be talking about it right now. It's so cool. But I'm going to go off now to read some mail. Do you have the time to drive me and Brendan line? And with that's my book, gmail.com. We will read them all at the wrong turn, says mail call. Whether they're positive or when they are not. You can give a shout out to your peeps. Make fun of Brandon, but not me. It's all for the weekend show. Brandon lives in Buffalo. Now here's something to say. Yo, it's mail call. All right, and here I am with the mail. And if you want to get involved in the mail, you'll only have to email us at weirdsciencemarvelcomics at gmail.com. That's what it is. The whole deal is in the show notes. Don't listen to me babble on. You can check that out to email us just like Matt did. And I, I just want to point out, Matt ended up you know, taking that call to arms to heart when I said that we needed to see at least some support from the Marvel side of things. And he saved a lot of your butts by doing that. A couple other people did as well. But Matt was one of them. Matt says, Jim, I just listened to your podcast on X Factor number one. While I think I am a little more optimistic about the overall book than you, I think my optimism is mainly derived from my recollection of previous X Factor comics that I have enjoyed in the past. And that is something that I don't have a past with. So, that's why I am just going with really my past uh, with Leah Williams is really what is getting me in books like The Amazing Mary Jane and also Gwenpool Strikes Back. Those weren't the greatest in my mind, but some people like them. That being said, I have a few comments that would benefit from further exposition from you. And Brandon, if he's in the house, he ain't in the house. What are you talking you about? You make me laugh. Really? Number one, is X-Factor a paid job or pro bono? Do they get vacation, 401k, full medical? Well, the medical, I think, is just taken care of with those plants, right? You got that. Or is it something that mutants don't have to worry about anymore since they live basically rent-free and can be resurrected at any time? I think that that's the idea, though. I wonder if at some point, all of a sudden, because in my mind, they haven't been there too long. Well, what happens when all of a sudden, you know, out of the... The ground of vine comes up and then a, a, a flower opens and it's actually a bill. Krakow is like, okay, you, you got resurrected six times. You've been eating a lot of food. You've been going to the coffee tree and the corn chips tree. You're eating too much. Now you owe that. And then everybody freaks out. It is funny, though, because you do end up with this whole idea of paradise. And, you, and it goes with a lot of people. Oh, you know, I don't want to. Just sit around and do nothing. Boy, I, I could do that for quite some time. I, I wouldn't go to that Burning Man that they keep having. That scares me. I also think that somebody would grab me as a prank and throw me in. And then they'd realize I'm like Kitty Pride. I can't be resurrected. Now I'm just a burn victim. 
I'm like, why, why would you do this? I, I don't know why you thought that was funny, Gabby. And, and that would make it even worse because it's Gabby who did it. One of my favorites. I'm like, Honey Badger, the Scout. Maybe that's why I call her Honey Badger. She's like, my name's Scout. Right into the fire I go. I am burned up. But they live rent-free. I think that they end up getting bored. They want to do things. Plus, I think if you go with the whole deal, you're, you're sitting around, right? You're enjoying this paradise. And then all of a sudden, Magneto walks by and he's like, oh, Burning Man again, huh? Yeah. All those uh, yeah, marauders aren't just sitting around on their butts all day. I'm like, really? Like, you're going to, yeah. You know, the fallen angels, they didn't just sit there. You know, really? Like, this is how we're going to play this game? Like, you're going to shame me into making a team? That's what's going on there, Magneto? Then Apocalypse walks by. Oh, my. I'm glad that, you know, Excalibur doesn't sit around doing nothing. I'm like, I'm just glad I can avoid Excalibur. That That's what I'm glad of. You know, A, get out of town. I don't need A throwing shade at me. Go and talk about the Bronze Age while you're at it. Just get out of here. That's what I think. I think that a lot of them get shamed into this stuff. I don't know. At the beginning, it seemed like it was a big deal to be in the team and leave Krakoa. Like, you had to sneak around. Fallen Angel Psylocke had to, oh, I got to go to Mr. Sinister. Then I'm going over to the Magneto. I got to do this, and I got to work the deal. Now everybody's just like, hey, I don't really like it here, and I'm going to go and find people who are bad and kill them. All right, I'm going. Yeah, all you have to do is remember, you don't kill humans unless unless you're beast, I guess. I go, number two, I think every proper superhero team deserves a good base of operations. That's why I liked my Black Mold Studios. That's why I liked it a lot. That was my superhero base of operations. Now it's done. And I'm having problems, too, because my basement got flooded. It ended up ruining my equipment. I have no equipment. But having everything in the basement and not in, you know, the bedroom and things like that, it made me feel like like when I went down there, I it was time to get to work. Now it doesn't feel that way, and I'm not getting as much done. I, I got to crack the whip on myself. But I think they may have gone a bit overboard on this one. He is talking about the Boneyard, of course. The Boneyard. Isn't that like a serious channel where, where they end up playing like death metal and stuff, isn't it? Hey, this is Jim here, and welcome to the Boneyard. I wish I, I would knew some death metal. We're, we're going to end up having some Celtic Frost, followed by a rock block of death. Is, is that okay? But have some other issues. This is the Boneyard. <laughs> now I just want to be a DJ on the Boneyard. Does Polaris all of a sudden have a new mutant power of installing plumbing, electricity, cable, etc.? It does end up, and I will give Matt a lot of credit. He ends up asking questions that I would never ask. And then I realized, holy crap, he's right. Like, why is the manipulation of a rock and mineral be able to make indoor plumbing, electricity, and all of that? It doesn't. It really doesn't. But it does on Krakoa. That's why you don't want to leave. I mean, really. Or did she outsource them the mutants that specialize in construction? Yes, you know. That famous mutant, Constructor. That that sounds more like a Transformer, right? It'd be a Transformer that transforms from a mailbox into a backhoe. That'd be awesome. And then, and then people, it's a triple change into a milk truck. 
That would be the best ever. The entire thing, any any Transformer fan is, is being driven nuts right now. The entire thing was built overnight. I can suspend disbelief as well as anyone, but come on. Now that I think about it, I probably wouldn't mind a one-shot or mini-series dedicated to how that building came about from start to finish in under 24 hours. That would be a, a very odd announcement. You know, they're like, hey, listen, we ended up canceling Doctor Strange. If you're not aware, they canceled Doctor Strange this week. We also probably kind of canceled Black Cat, but we're proud to announce Boneyard, the five-issue miniseries based on the construction of, yes, the Boneyard. I, I'd read it. Matt would be there. Me and Matt could talk. I aim my like, hey, did you, did you get that in issue three of the Boneyard when they did the plumbing? Wasn't that awesome? He's like, what are you talking about? That wasn't the plumbing. That was the electricity. I'm like, Matt, why are you yelling at me? I just want to have fun here, and you're killing me. Why? Hooray! That's all I have for now. (laughs) He says, bye for now. And that is Matt. And yes, Matt, uh, he also sent another deal, asked if I bought a laptop or a desktop. I told him laptops are the work of the devil. I don't get near them. I I have a desktop and a desktop only. That's how I roll. I'm telling you, you get a laptop and you get the same stats, laptop, desktop, laptop, you're spending like $600 more for the same stats just so I can pick it up and walk somewhere with it. I ain't going nowhere. It's staying right here. I'm not going. I don't need that. If I want to, I can pick up the desktop and then go down and then come back up, grab the monitors, then come back. Hey, grab all the, eh, it's not as easy. I will admit, but I already have a tablet. One of the best things I ever bought. It was the first thing I bought. And really the only thing that I bought for myself with the Patreon money is I did buy an iPad. And I love it. I love it so much I would marry it. But that is Matt's mail. And that's enough of Tech Talk. That's Tech Talk here on the Boneyard. Now, we're going to go back to a rock. I don't know any other bands that I could throw in. But we're going to go back to Thor's Hammer. That sounds like one, right? We're going to go back to Ragnarok. If that's not a band, I'm starting it right now. And anybody who wants in, come with me. We're going we're gonna to rule the world with Ragnarok. That has to be a band, though. But I'm going to go out of this. We're going to go and talk a little bit of Empire. And then Brandone will eventually join us for him to lose his mind, I am sure, over Guardians of the Galaxy. All right, and Empire number four, it has a story by Al Ewing and Dan Slott, script by Al Ewing, art by Valerio Scheide, colors by Marty Gracia, letters by VCs Joe Karamanga. After years of conflict, the Korean Skrull Empire suddenly united under the leadership of Emperor Doric VIII, the Young Avenger, and Kree Skrull hybrid known as Hulkling. His first act as emperor was to order their combined forces to Earth to defeat their mutual enemy, the plant-like race known as the Kotati. Led by Kwa, the prophesied celestial messiah, and his father, the swordsman, the Kotati planned to eliminate all animal life, starting with Earth. The Avengers and Fantastic Four united to defend the planet against the Kotati's forces and gained a new ally with the arrival of Manus, former Avenger, and Kwa's mother. But if they can't stop Kwa from planning the Death Blossom and Wakanda's Vibranium Mound, boosting his powers exponentially, all may be lost. 
Meanwhile, on Earth's orbit, Captain Marvel was recently given the rank of Kree Accuser, and the Human Torch tried to agree on a plan of attack with Emperor Hulkling and the Kree Scroll Alliance. Hulkling learned more about the Pyre, a weapon that could serve as a solution to the Katadi's invasion, but would destroy Earth in the process by detonating its sun. As Hulkling argued with his advisors over whether to use the Pyre, Tanulf the Pursuer revealed to Captain Glory that she's secretly the Scroll Empress Arkill in disguise, and she has sinister plans in store for her grandson, Emperor Hulkling. And so we go into this, and I have not been on board with this whole Empire deal. Now, it ended up where it was going to be 50-some issues, and they ended up canceling a couple one-shots and some tie-ins to put it down to 30. I still think it's too much, and I still think that this story overall has not done much in this main book, the Empire main title. And to me, this could have easily just have been a fantastic for an Avengers crossover story between those books. You end up, hey, Jason Aaron, take a little, you know, month or so off while Al Ewing and Dan Slott have fun with both the Fantastic Four and Avengers book together. It did not need to be an event. It doesn't feel like an event to me. It feels like it's very small. And one of the things that I have a problem with, and may have been because some of these one-shots and tie-ins have been canceled, but the main book, you talk a big game. You have Al Ewing and Dan Slott telling you that it's the end of the universe, not just Earth. And, oh, my God, the Kotati, they're against. But we never really see anything that is going on just on Earth in general. I am not getting, you know, San Francisco completely destroyed. I'm not seeing reports that the Kotati have completely obliterated Paris. Things like that. We did end up seeing one of the only few, few panels in this main book, remember I'm talking about, was when, oh no, the Katadi, they've attacked Earth. And you saw this one thing of New York where, you know, you end up having the Kotadi running after some people or screaming and yelling, but not much. And really in this main title, what it seems to be to me, the formula is a lot of people stand around and talk. Then you go to another scene where a lot of people stand around and talk. Then you see a little fighting, and then you get a twist, and then you get a cliffhanger. That is what happens in almost every issue. It happens in this issue. And when you get down to it, I start also feeling where I said, I want to see something going on on Earth to just give me the idea of the scope. Yeah, they're attacking Wakanda. Yeah, you know, they're they're yelling and screaming about things, but I'm not but also I am wondering where all the rest of the heroes are. At one point you did have the Wakandan have the attack and we saw Wasp and we saw some other ca- but you know, where are they? Where where are the other heroes? They're just not around and it just ends up having the same handful of heroes, the same things and you're just waiting for the twist to come in each issue and as it's going on the twists are becoming so just apparent so just easy to figure out that you're like all right well i was waiting for that it's no wow factor it's almost like all right well when's this going to be revealed because i kind of know what's happening and in this bit in this issue it really is the whole idea of teddy of Hulkling, and you have set it up. I mean, Al Ewing and Dan Slott have pretty much telegraphed 
what is going on when it happens that then we spend the rest of the issue where they think we're in the dark. Like all of a sudden people are going to start thinking, oh, my God, Teddy is that much of a jerk. Oh, my God, Teddy's gone insane. No, no, no. We, we, we've already seen this. We've already seen people be duped. We already see who has pretty much pretended to be someone and can't end up being seen as anything. So you, you start off this where you end up, and I'm telling you, the way that the dialogue even goes, the way things are going, it's almost like, really, you just hit me over the head with what the twist is already. So please, where you end up, it's Johnny Storm, Super Scroll, and Carol. They're on the Cree Scroll flagship. They're talking about the idea that the troops on Earth are bickering. They can't get along. Again, we saw this a teeny bit in a couple of the times, but not a lot. And you're just telling me this is a lot of telling, not showing. And that's one of my biggest problems with the story. But you end up having Super Scroll say, and. Even Tanoth, the pursuer, has sequestered herself away from the command deck. Some Cree ritual that won't wait. Well, you revealed already last issue, she isn't Cree. She is a scroll. We we had it in the whole recap there. So I'm not spoiling anything. She is not a Cree. So if she says she's sequestered away in some sort of Cree ritual, we know something is up. We know that that is not the case. And so, like, that that's just slapping you right in the face with it. And then, okay, well, you know, maybe we should wake up Teddy. No, no, let him sleep. He's had a lot on his mind. You go, and so Teddy comes out then. Teddy's like, oh, you know, here I am. I'm ready. And you know what? I think that we're going to have to get that pyre going. I think we're going to have to obliterate Earth and the, the solar system. All right. And you're like, no, no, no. Teddy wouldn't do that And so just that And a couple panels are Tanoff the Pursuer Which we already see Has been duping everybody Into thinking she's a Cree Is sequestering herself She's not seen in a while All of a sudden Teddy who comes out Right away too Slap us in the face Where you ended up having If you remember T'Challa calling Teddy On the space phone And he said hey Emperor Doric and no 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 call me Teddy. All right, well Teddy, you know, can I borrow your sword? Sure. Sends a sword to T'Challa. Well, in this you end up having the opposite. Carol says, "Hey Teddy," and he says, "Doric the 8th." We know this isn't him. He's not going to change that in the thing, the cliffhanger where we saw Ten of the Pursuer saying, "I need to step up Teddy's game, Doric the 8th." I need to make him the emperor. I went, you know, right now that this is Tanulf. I mean, if you are mad at me because you think I'm spoiling it, I mean, I am a dummy. And and this is so on front street here that it's laughable that he's like, and all of a sudden all of his facial expressions change. He is mean. Also, the only person who knows Tanulf's secret Captain Glory is right there. Yeah, you know, it's pretty much Captain Glory becomes Flava Flav now. He he is only there as the duping Hulklings, you know, hype man. Yeah, yeah, you know, stop, stop yelling. (laughs) This whole thing. So the idea of this is then Carol says, all right, I'm going to use the universal weapon to scan 
and see if this is, in fact, Teddy. And uh, how dare you? And Teddy's like, no, no, no. Let her scan. Now, number one, we've already seen that Tanoth the Pursuer can get through these scans. She can dupe them. Also, she was the one who had the hammer before it ended up being given to Carol. So she knows the ins and outs of it as well. So when the scan is, yep, 100% match, Doric Eighth, alias Theodore Altman, alias Hulkling. Oh, well, I think Teddy's gone bad. And, and I'm telling you, I'm furious at this point. Like, really? Are you all dumb? Are you, are you just sitting there like, boy, that was a hell of a nap he took. What would you have, a bad dream? Somebody got off on the wrong side of the bed and now is going to just destroy everything, including the, the guy that you love that's on Earth? Please, nobody should ever believe this. So now it just becomes a fight. Like, all right, let's fight about it. They end up fighting him. And the person that I feel bad for is Super Scroll. The guy is finally trying to do something right. He's getting duped as well. He seems to be in the dark. He's trying to do what he still thinks is right. He does have to listen to his emperor, whether or not it seems good, bad, or indifferent. But still, he's getting duped 100%. Well, you end up with this fight going on. You have Captain Glory and Super Scroll versus Johnny Storm and Carol. They're going back and forth. You know, you end up having nonsense. And then in what is just one of the most hideous panels I've ever seen, and I'm not saying it's drawn bad. It's supposed to look this way. The idea of Super Scroll using his quote-unquote hidden fifth power, which I, I actually felt was breakdancing, but it seems that it ends up being irresistible hypnotism. Wait, I looked into that panel. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I feel weird. My pants, but they're unzipped suddenly. You end up where Carol's like, try it on me. Well, then you just have Teddy. Hey, you know, get them out of here. Get out of here. Ends up getting Morgan to teleport them away. Now, in a kind of a cool twist, though, I don't know why. Emperor Dor, why Teddy doesn't ask where they got teleported to? Because they get teleported. This was a quick teleportation spell. This is something where I'm a Star Wars fan, and I I always yell, Chewbacca and Han, listen, you gotta have some sort of safe haven that you can end up going to light speed at any point. Stop with your nonsense of figuring things out. You need the you know the panic switch to hit, but. You end up where that's what this was. It was a quick teleport that was already programmed, you know, into the magic of Morgan, where if Teddy was in trouble, if they were in trouble, this was the safe house they could go to, which ends up being Wiccan's apartment. But because you can't ruin the surprise, you know, Teddy's just and it's the evil Teddy, the taken over Teddy dupe doesn't even ask. Like, oh, I teleported them away to a safe spot. You end up having Captain going, why didn't you kill them? You know, eh, you know, he, they, she has the hammer. She has the ultimate weapon. Nah, nah, we'll get that from her dead body, from my cold dead hands. They, they end up with, why isn't it, where did they go? Where did you teleport them to? Because I will now send troops to go kill them. No, no, they just go on because you can't have that happen because you need to think. And I, I think that that's what's getting me in this whole empire deal everything seemed you could see the cogs of the story 
as they turn to get to the next part. And that ends up making it feel very forced. It ends up making it feel like it's just happening to happen. A lot of times, I even think that the characters in this book end up almost feeling like they're in a play where they're standing backstage. You have Reed and Tony standing backstage waiting for their lines. And, all right, you guys are up. And they walk out on the stage. I am so mad. It is all my fault. No, it isn't, Tony. All right, let's go back backstage again. We have nothing to do for four issues because they have really just been sitting there on their hands doing nothing this whole time, only to we, everybody should be aware that in the finale, they'll step it up with some sort of gizmos and gadgets. But with this, we're still dealing with Wiccan, where they, you have Carol and Johnny wondering, where are we? I mean, this seems like some weird prison, right? It seems like an apartment in New York. And you end up having Wiccan. Hey, it's me, Billy Kaplan, Wiccan. Remember? Yeah, you, you're in my house. I mean, did Teddy send you guys? Yeah, kind of. He, he kind of did. He kind of sent us here. He, he He's kind of going to blow up the world. And everything else in the solar system and didn't seem like him. And I love how Wiccan then scans. He scans Carol's mind and, and Johnny's. He wants to see what went on. And right away, he says, eh, no, Wiccan, this isn't uh, Teddy. I'm sorry. This is no Teddy. Are you guys stupid? Like, you couldn't see this? I mean, this is pretty obvious. And he's going by facial gestures and stuff like that because he knows him so well. But he just says, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not him. And we'll get back to that because we do go off to Avengers Mountain. Like I said, you end up with Tony and Reed and they walk around. I, I think that they realize that there's cameras, there's surveillance cameras on them. So they keep pressing buttons and stuff, but they're really not doing anything. I think they're making coffee. It's like beep, boop, beep, beep, beep. And then there's Reed like, what was that? Are you really doing an experiment? No. I just made a burrito. They're, they're doing nothing. They're doing nothing except say, yeah, pretty bad out there. Pretty bad. We, we, we got to figure out something, right? Yep. Got to figure out something. And then you end up there with Reed, who's like, okay, well, we got to get things going here. <laughs> Tony, I got a to-do list. Oh, really? How about stop the to-do list and, and start with the I've done it list? Right? Get things done there, pal. And then so you end up having Reed saying, well, I see the to-do list. Do you always have to work in suits? And I, I, at first, it's funny because it says, you know, suit. Of, I, I actually would have loved it with like, no, I'm wearing no suit. I have, you know, khakis and a sh- Oh, you mean the Iron Man suits? Well, screw you, pal. Yeah, that's what I have to do. Jerk. Then I want Reed to come back with, hey. At least I wasn't the one who let the Kotati go wild here. I mean, you ju- they're about to go to fisticuffs here, and they haven't figured out anything except the idea, we got to stop those Kotatis. They're pretty bad. They're heading into Wakanda. They're going to cause problems if they don't stop the whole deal. If the Kotati end up getting to the Great Mound and get the vibranium-enriched soil, we're all screwed, and the pyre will be released. So it's just everybody talking about the same things and nobody really doing anything. Poor T'Challa. He's just left there fighting on his own. And the other thing, and this is where I was talking about the mechanations, the forced idea of the cogs going. There is another thing that happened, you know, last issue or so, where you ended up having T'Challa, hey, hey, 
Teddy, I have a plan. I need your sword to do my plan. Okay, well, does this plan involve any Avengers dying? That was the big thing. It was a nice line then. And he's like, no. All right, you can have the sword. It seems as if the plan that T'Challa had is just to slice the Kotati with the sword. That That's all the plan was. He just needed a sword that there was no plan. And and so he's doing this where he's just fighting with the sword. And it is in my mind since Teddy has been taken over. Teddy is somewhere else and he's being impersonated. This is just so the sword is not in the dupe's hands right now. Because in my mind, in issue six, one of the biggest reveals will be T'Challa running and throwing the sword to the real Teddy, who will then fight Tanulf, his grandmother, all of that in a big battle. I, I think that that, and if, if that doesn't happen, I apologize. But I do think that's the only reason T'Challa has the sword at this moment is for that kind of big reveal. He is fighting and thinks to himself, man, it stinks being a king. I got to make some big decisions, but I'm T'Challa. I'm Black Panther. I'm pretty good. I could irradiate this whole entire area, all of Wakanda. Yes, it would destroy Wakanda, uh, but it would end up maybe saving the universe. But I'm not going to do that. He just thinks about it. He's not going to do that. Well, we head off to Lake Victoria where you have Kwa and Swordsman, the Kotati version of Swordsman, his father, sitting there talking about how they've been kicking butt. And, oh, that's T'Challa. He's still... Fighting back, he's pretty tough. Yep, he is. It's, it's everybody's standing around, and then boy, I'm I'm looking around and I do not see She-Hulk, Mantis, Thing, or the Invisible Woman. Oh, there they are. They show up, and you have the whole idea of Mantis trying to still convince her son that this isn't the way to go. You are going to be known as you know the biggest. Guy, evil guy, genocide of the unit. You can't do this. This is something you need to stop now. There is still hope. If you stop now, you'll answer to what you have done already, but it's not as bad as destroying the universe. And Qua basically goes with the idea well, if I do destroy the universe, you know, you guys aren't going to be around to write that history book. Like, I'm going to be the king of the universe. So I, I can kind of. Sway things my way It really won't be that bad for me If I do end up Killing every bit of animal life In the universe That's kind of the goal here So I, I think I might do that So you have this back and forth You you do see that Quad does still have feelings for his mother Swordsman's still whispering In his ear But Quad, he's, he's a big boy He's decided he wants to do all of this in the meantime, they're talking about, ah, you know, we got to get going. The Kree scroll, they may attack. And you end up out of nowhere. She-Hulk says, well, they've already deployed the pyre, the sun killer. And yeah, that, that's, you know, you better step it up, Qua. And, and you end up having things like, what? Why are you saying that, She-Hulk? You're on our side. Well, she isn't because in that very, very obvious deal in the first issue, when the Avengers first went on the moon, if you remember Swordsman, hey, uh, She-Hulk. Come with me a second. And she and him walked away. Came back a couple panels later. I feel great. Look at me. I'm no longer the angry Hulk. I'm back to being Jennifer, the thinking uh, Hulk. I can solve crimes and make up rhymes now. I mean, look at me. And she is a dupe. 
they end up in this saying that She-Hulk is dead, that a, a Kotati has used her body. And it's the skin suit that they're wearing and have fooled them all. Again, here's the twist. It's what we wait for in this foot, the twist. And the twist is that. And there is a cool enough explanation of this where the Kotati She-Hulk says, you know, usually we have problems because when we take over a body like this and put on the skin suit, we end up where it turns green. You know, we're plants, chlorophyll, all that. Well, she was already green, so this was perfect. Also, she's pretty darn powerful. And now, Thing, me and you are going to fight right after I throw up a bunch of plant guts and things that look horrific. And then they just start fighting. And She-Hulk, Kotati She-Hulk, is well over, so overpowered to fight the Thing. Thing is getting beat up. He's getting destroyed as pretty much. This is the plan. Swordsman's laughing it up. It seems like Qua is a little bit upset, though. You do have Manus using telepathy to try to still convince him, please stop this. It's not too late. Qua disagrees. Nope, we have to keep going. And you end up having him and Swordsman skedaddle out a portal. Well, we end the issue where we go back then, and there's Wiccan, and he is, this is where he's scanning you know, Carol and seeing what she saw with Teddy says, no, that's not Teddy. I can tell the way he twitched, the way he carries himself, all that. Um, But yeah, it's, it's not him. And even that he's like, you guys should have known this, but Carol says, I scanned them, you know, and it worked. He's like, that's Bubkiss. And and the thing is like, that's the deal. Like I scanned them with the old, no, no, that doesn't mean anything. Well, It kind of did, but you're just kind of shoving it aside to get to this. And the big reveal and the big cliffhanger, again, twist, then big cliffhanger. The big cliffhanger is Wiccan saying, I would know Teddy more than anything. I'm the man who married him. And then you see the wedding, which is cool. And I really like that. I, I actually think that that's a cool thing. They had a secret wedding before Teddy went off into space. So I think that that is a pretty cool deal. But this this whole thing, and I even like this issue more than a lot of them. It's still, though, very, very forced, very formulatic, formulaic. <laughs> See, I'm a dummy. Also, I do want to mention at the one point when Reed and Tony were fighting, you end up having Tony saying, Don't you think I sent Thor away to go on that celestial quest? Again, probably was going to take place in the tie-in book with Thor that was canceled. So right there, nonsense. What is he doing? He's off on a celestial quest that we have no idea, and he's, he's just going to come back for that finale, that final issue. Ha-ha! I ended up getting that thing you wanted me to get, Tony. Here it is to put into your suit of armor so that you can do this, and all of a sudden we have the Kotati slash Pyre Buster. And it just it, it, this is not an event. It's not. It's not big. It's small. It is what should have been a crossover between Avengers and the Fantastic. Then I wouldn't be that upset because I wouldn't have dealt with it. I probably wouldn't be talking about it. And people who could enjoy you enjoy it in your books, but really all this stuff. And by the end of this, at this point, we're already twenty some issues in. We only have. A couple weeks left of this, tie-ins, all those things. And I just, I can imagine some people are sitting there and like, 
I have already spent all this money on 20-some issues, and I don't like this, but I'm in already. I, I can't bail. I, I already have, you know, I already have paid a big price of admission here. I might as well just continue. And and that's the thing. There are a lot of events and big things like this that end up, there should be a term, the I might as well continue. Uh, you know, that's the phrase of a event that really is doing crap three quarters of the way through, but still will sell because I might as well continue. I might as well complete it. So it is upsetting. I'm giving this a six out of ten. It's one of those where a lot of times I'll read an issue a bunch of times, and each time I read it, I like it more. This is the opposite. I've liked this less each time I read. I got to put it down, or it's I'm going to end up with a two out of ten before we're over. But I do like the art. I think the art is great. I really do. I like the colors. I like everything visually about it. Now I do kind of feel bad in this book though because a lot of times you don't give Valerio Shetty much to do except draw people standing around talking. Uh, colors though, Marty Garcia with the colors does get to you know let loose a bit when you get the Cotati, but we don't even get that much of it. You end up with things where it's okay. Let's go back to Wakanda, the one place where in this book we see fighting. And then, you know, we'll see where that goes. So, yeah, I I think this is not good. Uh, But, people, you can let me know if you disagree. This is an overly long review of this, maybe because I got angry. But I'm going to go off now. Hopefully, we'll, we'll pick up our spirits here with Brandon. Hopefully, he's drinking. He probably will be. But if he is, maybe, maybe he will enjoy Guardians of the Galaxy. Got a line, it was Sunday night Wrote up my notes to get the feeling right Brandon had messaged me, he's drinking at his friends But that was at quarter to three And that's about the time the jerk passed out on me He lives in Buffalo, I could not see I guess it's just beyond the weekend show Way up there in Buffalo, it's just another Sunday night Brandon's drunk again, Brandon's drunk again Brandon, are you drunk again? Is that a nah, rumor or Sunday. is that Sunday? Ah, uh, uh, yes. You this Sunday is your day. Yeah, uh, is. that is true. I forgot the your crazy schedule that mm-hmm. you have. Uh, but we're here to talk one book, and it is not going to be a long discussion. And I'm telling you right now, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm pretty much done with it. Mm-hmm. I, I am not having it's any sort of, of fun. I'm not having any fun. I'd like someone to write in and tell me why they enjoy it. Well, what I want to see is if anybody calls in or writes in to the whole deal of the writing letters page at the end. I saw that at the end. I'm like, we're at issue five. Nobody's writing. I mean, really, (laughs) like the people, uh, what I think and why I really don't like to talk about this book, I don't like feeling dumb. I just don't think there's a lot going on either at the same time. We've gone through literally like 30 pages of a gun pointed at the back of Rocket's head just discussing what we're going to do about it. And then find out that the tree that they're in, the tree that Black Jack O'Hare is in, is Groot. Oh my, you were wondering where Groot was. I did remember you saying that at one point, but we find out. Now with this, I know that things are trouble when we get a tweet during the week of, 
what the hell is happening with Moon Dragon? <laughs> I, I didn't even pick up the book yet. And I'm like, here we go. Yeah. Like, I, I know I'm going to have problems because I didn't understand what was going on before. And that's the thing with this is I, I will tell her I'm dumb. I, when it comes to this book, I don't know a ton of any of the characters in it now. And I don't think Al Ewing cares if you do, because he's doing nothing to make it easy on anybody. He thinks that everybody loves these characters. And with that, you end up killing Peter Quill. And who's usually the main point of view character you follow, you know, he's like your earth connection to this book for, for the most part. And so you end up with other characters, you know, and, and the cast of characters is not exactly the heavy hitters here in yeah. the Marvel Universe. Now, he is trying to be fancy in my mind and what he's doing being fancy with Moondragon in this first arc. OK, he also is fancy with the Hulk. You know, the difference between that is that's the Hulk. This is Moon Dragon. <laughs> the Hulk is a huge character that people can get behind and care about. I do not care one bit about a melding of the different Moon Dragons. I'm sorry to say it. If you're the Moon Dragon fan, if you're out there, Moon Dragon League, come at me yeah. because I really, yeah. I don't know or care that much about Moon Dragon to have. There's two of them in that, that Moon Dragon League, I think, right? <laughs> Both of them are these Moon Dragons, the 616 <laughs> and the other one. They're, they're the only thing. But with yeah. that, what is going on here? And I just, again, you have to have Al Ewing that it seems when he ended up doing the Hulk, and this is something, and, and again, I'm not a, a you know smart man and know a lot, but it seems like that really got to him. Now everything has to be fancy. I don't need he's, that. He's fancy and British. Yeah, I want the Guardians of the Galaxy to just be fun. Th- yeah. This isn't fun. When, been, when you're confused, being confused is rarely fun, especially at the end where what I like is one of the things over at DC, I still give Eric crap because there was a deal when Constantine went to Earth 2 and ended up making out with himself. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to remember that comic. I knew you would bring it up. I couldn't remember it for the life of me. Yeah, but yeah he's making out with himself. So I wouldn't want to make out with myself. I'm gross. Yeah, well, Constantine is too. I think Constantine smokes too much and he's got bad breath and probably about 80 diseases. Now, Moon Dragon, whatever, but when you see this and at the end, oh my God, the Moon Dragons and the Dragon of the. They they ended up merging. I'm like, says nobody. I I mean, if this was one of those things where you announce it, there's crickets. Who is going? There's not even that many reviews for this book. I don't think anybody cares. I just want a fun book. That is just me. If you're enjoying it and you like this nonsense, that's all for you. It's just not for me. And the whole idea, and you brought it up, and and that's we we don't even remember what this damn thing is about. So (laughs) when you go into it, I'm going to give you the whole deal here. It is Guardians of the Galaxy number five, which if you ask me. It's the finale because I'm never touching it again. I'm done with it. Here we go. It's written the, by Al Ewing. The title Ewing. of the issue is appropriate for where it's yeah, at right now. Yeah. It's in your head. It is. It's not my head anymore. <laughs> I'm forgetting it. Juan Cabal on art. Frederico Blee on colors. VCs Corey Pettit letters. Previously, Star-Lord is dead and his wake. The Guardians of the Galaxy have been split into two teams, one led by Rocket and the other by Gamora. Now the two Guardians teams are clashing over competing missions with some making this very personal. Some like Heather Douglas, the Moon Dragon of this universe and the heather douglas of another reality and so we we have all this at one point you have a big moment where 
Hercules is going to be shot by Gamora. And Hercules says, well, you just shoot me. You know what? I'm here because Peter made a decision. He made a sacrifice. So if you shoot me, you're kind of shooting Peter. And she's like, you're right. And then out of nowhere, the Prince of Power shows up. Aha, let's fight. And I'm like, really? The Prince of Power? I didn't Uh, understand this portion of the issue. Like I thought things are coming down and then all of a sudden he pops out and escalates it again. And then it is the thing that leads to where Gamora, hey, don't let him use the momentum again. Oh, no, he didn't. He destroyed the thing that he wanted to and he wins. And there you go. This is the thing. When I mentioned the team, and I'll, I'll go down the team. You got Rocket, Nova, Marvel Boy, Hercules, Philavel, and Moon Dragon on one side. Okay, that could be fun. I see some fun, you know, factor there. And then we have Gamora, <laughs> Groot, Drax, Moon Dragon, Blackjack O'Hare, Prince of Power. All right, you could have some fun there. The problem is, where's the fun? He end up having a goofy team at points to necessarily have the Guardians feel, but the Guardians to me. It's fun and and it's adventuresome yeah. and it's you know I think that big space a lot, stuff. Yeah. And- a lot of the 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 problem with this book is the adventure is is sorely lacking. Like we've been doing this one thing, neither of us can barely remember since you know. Yeah, issue and this one. even comes off of that whole thing with the space gods of Olympus, which wasn't yeah. fun either. Actually, I didn't hate that, but they did. They just moved on from it very quickly. Blew up the world, moved on from it, and then we're we've been just wandering space doing this the specific mission i this swear is ocean to you too, 730 when they hired this bucky o'hare ripoff um groot was standing right there when they told him that rocket was going to get shot in the back of the head and now all this you know we have well, a change that's the of thing. that is it that's groot was just going along with it to you know play it up and stop him at the end that was their plan and then mm-hmm. at the end you end up having both teams come together and now they're just one team now. And so all of this, you know, Ocean like waste 15, of issues to do all that stuff just to link them back up. That that's where I'm at. I think Al Ewing just thinks he's gotta, you know, be fancy and he can't just have fun here. And, and really, Al, he doesn't listen. And he also <laughs> no, blocked, blocked me every which way by Sunday. But the idea that you stink here. You also stink in that empire. You are really not doing well. You are not batting well. Spa- I don't know. He blew his wad uh, during Ultimates. I enjoyed his Ultimates for space-related things. but He still has the hope, but that's about all that I think is hitting. And this is not good. And I am bored and I'm confused. And overall, it's as if this big setup of this heist, of these two competing missions, it, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. All you're using them for is a backdrop to get, you know, Moon Dragon combined in, also to show that everybody, you know, half the team is with the other team, all of this, and, you know, to get rid of that huge Marvel villain, Gnawbark. <laughs> that's, that's all it, it ends up being. Be, no. yeah, it all It ends up <laughs> being the whole idea that that's all this was. You know, you did end up having Philavel and... Uh, rocket just sitting there drinking but that was part of the plan and then at the point where blackjack o'hare was about to squeeze the trigger he can't because the trees and it's shaking too much why is he in a tree i don't know but then groot is the tree and he ends up getting the whole deal to stop it and then they end up having you know marvel boy show up 
put on gauntlets on no bark and then he's dead everything's going and that's it and you end up having a combination of moon dragon which i can't tell you ups or downs about that's just well, at they the made end out. that was sexy. Hey, it looks like they married themselves into <laughs> each other because they even have a ring and now she's combined but i don't care yeah, moon dragon's girlfriend is not going to be happy about this yeah i guess that now it's double can you cheat on your girlfriend know. with yourself I guess I, I again I don't care <laughs> and I think that this is Al Ewing like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna get people upset or they're gonna love it and all that. I'm like I, I just don't care I, I don't the art's really good I love Juan Cabal's yeah, art I do like that. but the whole idea of well you know hey moon dragon you're the moon dragon that has the heroics and in my my universe the moon dragon is a, a heck of a job Piece and it really takes a lot of time and it's a lot of effort you just get to saunter in and do whatever you want all right let's make out and combine all right there you go they're there they're combined it's done and it seems as at the end hey you know we're we're joining sides uh, okay, whatever. Now we but have a team Moon again. Dragon to me is a, a less well spelled out sentry. You know what I'm saying in, in that regards. Like I, every time she's on the page, I don't get what's going on with her. Now uh, it's and I feel like she's got the dual personality thing going, like Sentry does a little bit. But it, it was just done much more interesting. The last Sentry story we read that wasn't written by Jim Zub. Uh, yeah, Jim Sub ended up ruining that in the yeah. end of Wakanda. <laughs> but still, with this, you're starting a new run. You're not doing anything to introduce the characters that you have. And then you're changing them around. And you're basing big moments on things that people would know if they aren't new to it. I'm yeah. new to it. This has not got it, me throughout in. Throughout this series, I've liked a few moments with Marvel Boy. But, you know, other than he's been oh, the and breakout It seems like he's going to be the big thing coming yeah. up. But with that, too... Just to mention, Donny Cates spent 12 issues of Guardians of the Galaxy just setting up his Thanos stuff and ending that and all that. I, I don't think Guardians has been great lately. Either. I just want you. a Guardians of the Galaxy book. I don't need the book to be too fancy, and I don't need it to be a springboard to other stories. I mean, you know that when Noel finally hits, the Guardians, they're going to be all over the place. And even the idea where I ended up just talking about Empire and losing my mind a bit, and then at the end of this, when I get done saying, I don't even know what happened. They're, they're a team now. Maybe we can get some fun, whatever. But then you have next. This is not an Empire tie-in. Really? Like, th that's your joke? <laughs> your joke is, well, everything else is a tie-in, but this isn't. You know, go screw yourself, Al Ewing. I, I can't stand them. I can't stand the way he just sits there on his whatever blocking throne and thinks that he could do whatever he wants and everybody's supposed to love it. The reason why he blocked a bunch of people that we know is because they ended up saying, I don't get what you're doing with the block. He, he doesn't even want to... No, he doesn't engage well with people. Him, Dan Slott, these guys are not likable guys. Yep. And the stories are just not hitting with me, so screw it. They're I'm done with this They're very self-indulgent. I think that's a lot of the problem with some of this output lately. It's, it's just, I like this character, so I'm going to just focus a nonsense story about the, the one aspect I like on him and the rest of the characters be damned. Who cares what book is, you know, maybe, the maybe book it's is. one of those things where because Venom sold really well and then Al Ewing's uh, Hulk at one point was out selling Batman that they have been stepping back. Like, you know, we can't tell him what to do. We can't yeah. edit it. No, you I know, think because that definitely started he doesn't listen. 
And because it just seems like, like you said, that it's just on a whim half the time. Or, hey, people don't talk about Moondragon much. I'm going to focus on her. Well, they don't talk about her for a reason. Plus, you <laughs> didn't set it up. I got so confused going back and forth because you never really spelled it out or helped a guy like me who's new to the character in. So the heck with it. If he's not going to help me out, I'm not going to help him out. I, and I really, are we helping him out now? I already no. called him a jerk. I mean, really, <laughs> what what else can I do? You know, can I do whatever? But I do like the Hulk. I, you know, catching up with the Hulk, I do still like that. And I will probably be talking about that by myself on the spotlight on Patreon this week because yeah, I think it's winning now and you are not caught up. But even so, this book I give a 5.5. 5. I, I like the art enough, but I just, the story it's in your head, all right. It's not my yeah. head. I'm done. I'm never talking about this book again until maybe somebody tells me it's changed up or we get a new writer because I am not a Al Ewing fan. A lot of people, when it, they argue with me, they do bring up, you know, the whole Ultimates, the Ultimates too, all that stuff. But I enjoy those books a lot. Yeah, but it, you know, that day I, is coming gone. Yeah, I, that was I, a while know, ago at this point. I've read No Road Home. I've read all those Avengers things that just were boring as crap to me, ones. and yeah, yeah. just boring and then the hulk i did like but i kind of you know lost a little bit with that this empire i think is nonsense it's not an event it should have just been a crossover and then this guardians of the galaxy just seems like it's like he thinks he's doing a victory lap or something that he could do whatever he wants and it's yeah I'm, again i'm gonna do whatever i want i'm not gonna talk or read about it ever again oh uh, what would you give? <laughs> I, I would give it like a 5.8 um you know i'm i'm not super thrilled with the story there's certain characters and and things I've enjoyed throughout the series, but they're, they're never spotlighted or highlighted to the, to the aspect I'd really like to see. And then we kind of drift off into these corners of the universes. I, I don't really wrap my mind around or, or even remember enough to follow the story through. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm getting in my mind, people are listening and saying, well, that's what Guardians was back in the day. That's what it was about. That's fine. But I don't know. I need a little information. A little bit of these characters. I need a little bit of fun to get me invested. I'm not invested in this at all. And yeah. it's just, but go on. I just want no, to throw I'm that I'm just in. saying, like, I, I think they have between the 12 characters, they like to juggle around, like, maybe four or five interesting ones. If we could focus on them instead of, hey, now it looks like we're going to go deal with Nova. I couldn't tell you the last time we saw Nova in this book, and I don't remember what he was doing. That, like, I no, think, I think that at one point he ended book. up getting getting taken down at one point he in, was in the some last bubble run, or something, I thought. Wasn't he? I don't, yeah. yeah, he got hurt in the explosion yeah, he with got Peter, hurt. Right? Yeah. That's what um, happened, and I believe that was the last. We but saw it, I don't know. It just out. it doesn't have a great focus to me enough to to where I don't have to go back and read five issues to then enjoy the current issue I'm reading. Like this is a trade book to me, and even then, I I don't know how well it reads there. Yeah, and I, I went to look at the sales, but since the shutdown and all that, they're really not giving us any sales at all of anything. So I couldn't even check. At one point, it was selling okay. It wasn't you know great, but it was good. And I just wonder with like if, if people are having the same problem we're having when we have the shutdown, we come back to it. We, we can't even remember because we weren't invested in it. Yeah. And there are books that did, you know, a strange Academy. You didn't get that for months. I remembered everything about yeah. it because I Wolverine. loved it. This book I haven't. Yeah. Stuff I'm not like even that, that, that in love with Wolverine, in. but I, it's straightforward enough. I remember. 
And that's got two concurrent stories going in it too, you know. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna be starting the next one soon. So we'll see. I, I we'll also don't see. claim to be the smartest man, you know. Uh, but um, you know, I read a lot of lawyerese all day long, and I can interpret that. So when I come into some of these comic books, and I'm like, what is going on here? There's a pro- there's a problem with that, you know. It's I don't know what age that's for. It's not going to get a teenager hooked into comics though, or anything. So no, who I, I writing it so. for, you know? I think he's writing for people who love Al Ewing and will Grant read it Morrison. and say it's great just because yeah. they it's like Al even, Ewing. Like, you know, to the Grant Morrison level of confusing. It's just nonsense confusing. No, but it, here's the thing. With with Grant Morrison confusing, it at least you see what he's trying to do. He is trying to have some fun. It's just wacky. He he just ends up, you know, going way off the deal. But, you know, you throw some of the things that Grant might, but these, you know, you're, like I said, the team itself, both teams and now the combined team, it does have characters that I think, okay, this should be fun, but then it never ends up being fun. I, I just, I, Prince of Power just shows up and I, I think that that's supposed to be a chuckle fest when he shows up. I'm the Prince of Power. Yeah, I don't like but him it, at all. He's but terrible. But it wasn't, yeah, he came off terrible. He came off annoying, not funny. And I just, and Blackjack O'Hare as the that side's rocket, that seems like it'd be fun. It's not no. because you barely dealt with him. He's you done have one Drax. Thing. He's had, uh, you know, a, a target aimed at Rocket's head for two issues now. So what's we have, he done? We have, we have Drax who came back and is the original, original Drax, form, but with yeah. weird memories and stuff like that, but we deal nothing with it. And so all of this just seems like lost opportunities and maybe we'll get to them later, but I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait seven issues to find out that tracks. Oh my, what are my memories doing? And and having that where you have to wait for the specific arc to get the characters all get lost in the shuffle, except the two that he's dealing with. And he, and this was the moon dragons. And then even like a little Hercules and Gamora, but not much else. Yeah. Like we said, Marvel boy just shows up in the ceiling and puts the gauntlets on. If you blink, you'd miss them. Yeah. And they even say, where's that Marvel boy? I haven't seen him just so that you remember he's even in the book <laughs> because he hasn't you shown up. I don't in need the roster that. Rundown at the yeah. Yeah. I yeah. don't need that. So yeah. Hell with it. I'm done. If you yeah, can convince me, rough. maybe you'll convince I mean, me. I, I don't know. I'm running out of books that we talk about, though. I need to start adding some onto the pile here. So Yeah, really. You better start reading that Spider-Man. Yeah. That's what you better start oh, reading. That's what God. you're going to do. Once you have Empire End, then we'll we'll probably have a bunch more that you know we can catch up on together and things like that. But they even just you know announced the cancellation of the surgeon supreme dr strange yes that's all done. That. black cats on hiatus i said earlier in the podcast i think that's done uh, we'll say but yeah <laughs> but we end up coming up uh we have king in black me and you can, we'll be talking about that because yeah, we talk about venom and all that it. so we'll see what it's doing but yeah that's the thing that's it so yeah the the one book that we talk together and it's a bummer but that's yeah. that all right everybody thank you yes yeah, sorry Go go play Fallout. It's free on PlayStation. I was playing with my daughter today. It's a blast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I the PlayStation that we do have is being commandeered by Rafe. I'm not allowed to get near it, so I can't do that. But right now, I it's keep a getting messages. Game. Go grab the sticks oh. and play together. Yeah, he's not going to do that. <laughs> I end up. Uh, he's playing. St- he's back to playing Grand Theft Auto. I ended I see up. Him uh, play Fortnite a lot still too. Yeah, he's when doing he pops that too. up on the, yeah, the friend list yeah. or whatever. All right. Well. 
Thanks for joining me. Yes, sir. And everybody, thanks. And uh, like I said, go to our Twitter, WS Marvel Comics. Go to the website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com. You can email us in at weirdsciencemarvelcomics at gmail.com. Also, go to the YouTube channel, Weird Science Comics, and the Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash weirdscience, where we will be having the Immortal Hulk, and then it's a battle of like 10 other books, it seems, for the other books. So we'll have to see what that is. But thanks, everybody. And we'll talk to you later. Later.